On March 14, 1912, the peace and tranquility of Hillsville, Virginia was rocked with the eruption of gunfire inside the Carroll County Courthouse. And there were 57 shots fired in here, probably about 90 seconds. Five people were killed, others wounded. Over a hundred years later, the thunderous barrage would leave behind the echoes of one lasting question. There were probably mm, at least five different versions of who fired the first shot. Everybody wondered about that question. It is so absolutely fascinating from a historical perspective, and there are so many pieces to it. Uh, for any of us that have any intellectual curiosity, it is an endless pursuit to try to tease these things out and figure out what we really think happened. Who fired the first shot is just one question that this uh, series of events presents. My name is Tom Jackson. I'm a local attorney. I grew up nearby here, uh, next door in Wythe County. I've lived here a good part of my life, married a Carroll County girl, and have played Floyd Allen in all five of the uh, courthouse tragedy plays. While doing research for his part in the plays about the shootout, Tom Jackson discovered the events that unfolded in the Carroll County Courthouse were a result of years of friction between rival political parties and dynamic personalities. Floyd Allen, his brother Sidna, and their family were on one side. They were Democrats, but the county was run by Republicans and led by clerk of court Dexter Goad. I think the, the environment that was created the day of the shootout was a joint effort. Uh, there, were, there was a lot of electricity in the air that day that was a result of uh, a lot of high energy. We're going to get these guys from the Republican establishment and a lot of high energy from the Allens. That, by God, there's no way in the world we're going to put up with this if they try to put us in jail. The shootout was the, uh, the point where things just boiled over. That's the voice of Frank Levering. He grew up in Carroll County and wrote the plays that tell the story of the shootout. It's got a central mystery of how did, how did this happen? How, how did uh, what seemed to me like almost entirely really good people who were involved in this shootout? I don't think there are any real villains in this story, including the Allens. How, how, how could it happen that good people come into such sharp conflict that they want to kill each other. On the day of the shootout, Floyd Allen was on trial for pistol whipping a deputy and forcibly rescuing two of his nephews from custody. The tension between the Allens and court officials created a tinderbox that only needed a small spark to ignite. So that brings us to the shootout. That's the voice of Ron Hall. He's written several books about the tragedy. On the day of the trial, he says just about everybody involved came to court armed and expecting trouble. Even the sheriff, who didn't normally carry a gun. A little like Andy Griffith. Uh, but on his way to court that morning, he had stopped at his cousin's house to have a shoe tightened on his horse. And the cousin says... Uh, you know, so you better borrow a pistol, says the Allen's liable to kill you there today. And so he did. He borrowed a 38 automatic, which they were fairly new in 1912, and he didn't know anything about them. Now, as the story unfolds, you'll need to remember that fact. The sheriff wasn't familiar with his weapon. 
when the jury came back with a guilty verdict and sentenced Floyd Allen to jail. Witnesses say he stood up and said he wasn't going. That's what he said. He stood up and says, gentlemen, I ain't going. And the sheriff told, uh, he mentioned, uh, he called over his deputy, L. Hugh Gillespie, and says, take hold of him there. And when Floyd stood up and said he wasn't going to jail, uh, the uh the clerk of court reached behind him and pulled out a pistol and was holding it behind him. And he winked at the sheriff and Floyd saw it. And that's what made Floyd mad. And he said, gentlemen, I ain't going. It was primarily an ego problem. There were huge egos involved. Floyd was a very proud man. And when he saw the sheriff, uh, saw Dexter go to wink at the sheriff, that enraged him because he felt like, I guess they were belittling him. And uh, then, uh, some of the county officials also, they were trying to belittle Floyd and the other Allens, maybe to elevate themselves, to preserve their political careers. Floyd had no intention of going to jail. He made a sudden move, reaching into his coat pocket. And that's when the shooting started. Guns were blazing from every corner of the courtroom. It all happened so quickly. Floyd's lawyer claimed that Claude Allen fired the first shot. Claude Allen was Floyd's son. In later trials, Floyd's attorney, who was known as Judge Bolin, would be the state's key witness against Floyd's son, Claude. According to Judge Bolin, he... Uh... That's Tom Jackson again. He knows a lot about Judge Bolin. He's supposed to portray him in an upcoming play. Floyd steps to the side and says, gentlemen, I ain't a-going, and he's fumbling, and Judge Bolin thinks to himself, I've got to do something to defuse this situation. So he looks back. And he catches the eye of Floyd's eldest son, Victor. Looking facial expression wise, you need to come up here and deal with your dad. And while he is turned in that situation, he hears the shot in the corner. And when he looks, Claude has... The, you know, the gun is out, and, and uh, he then, as he's looking at that situation, and it's close quarters here, when he's looking at that situation, he says he sees the lint fly from Judge Massey's robe where the bullet hit him. Now, that was basically his testimony. But Floyd's brother, Sidna, was standing next to Claude, and he says they were returning fire at Dexter Goad who was shooting at them from the other side of the courtroom. And Judge Massey was caught in the crossfire. If you believe what Sidna said, it didn't take very long at all for there to be so much smoke in this room that you couldn't see anything. But let's assume that, that he saw it before the smoke got bad. And you also know from the testimony that as soon as the shot was fired, Judge Bolin hit the deck. Bolin weighed about 260 pounds and uh, they said the dust fogged up around him. Uh, but he was just ducking for cover. And he stayed on the floor the whole time of the shootout. And was laying under council table with Floyd on top of him, saying, Floyd, get off of me or they're gonna shoot us both. Now, Floyd would have been on top of him as a result of having been hit in the hip by a shot, which happened very early. So for, for Bowen to be on the floor under Floyd that quickly is interesting to me in terms of what all he saw prior to hitting the deck when the shot went off. Um, 
And I, you know, as as an attorney, you know, this is this is what makes a, makes things interesting. As an attorney, and I'm standing up there next to my client, and he says, "I ain't a going," and is fumbling in his sweater. I'm not sure where my eyes are going to be. Uh, that's 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 an interesting issue to me where I'm going to be looking, and and I'm going to be on the floor in a split second after that, but I'm also going to testify. Now think about this. I'm standing up there. I, gentlemen, I ain't a going. I look back, according to Judge Bowen, I look back at Victor. All right, we're 1,001, 1,002. I hear a shot, 1,003, 1,004. I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if, that's, if that works or not. It, it very well may. But it, that's what makes... All of this very interesting. Who fired the first shot? What did Judge Boland see? Uh, what, what were Sidney and Claude doing over there in the corner? No question they fired. No question they fired. Question is sequence. Uh, some, some of the people who were not directly involved as family members or whatever indicated that the first shot came from the other side of the courtroom. I think... Uh, there's probably at least one witness that thought Deck fired the first shot. There's uh, a sheriff. Some people thought the sheriff did. Uh, the what deputy clerk of court, Woodson Questenberry, for what it's worth, had two people sign affidavits upon his deathbed that he fired the first shot. I don't believe that, but that's what he said on his deathbed. Um, so there were there were probably mm, at least five different versions of who fired the first shot. Several people claimed that Sidney Allen fired the first shot. Uh, so you know there was there was no clear, decisive answer on who did. But Ron Hall says an eyewitness who was in the courtroom that day told his grandfather what really happened. His name was Gervis Hall. He was standing over here on this side. Sidney Allen was standing on a bench over on that side, and the judge was almost between them. Anyway, Gervis told my grandfather that uh, the sheriff went to pull his pistol, it caught in his handkerchief, and it fired. Remember earlier, we told you the sheriff didn't normally carry a gun and had borrowed one he wasn't familiar with? So we figure he did not have the safety on, and when went to pull it, it fired, and that was the first shot. And just before that happened, uh, Gervis said Sidney Allen had reached for his pistol and he motioned for Gervis to, to move over to one side. And then that's when the shooting started, and there were 57 shots fired in here, probably about 90 seconds. You can't stand up here in front of a judge and say you're not going. That, that was, that's, that's, you can't do that now. It's, it would be, the height of all irony, if we're in this electric courtroom situation with the clerk of court having shown up contrary to the law with two pistols and the Commonwealth attorney armed and all the Allens armed and the sheriff accidentally, because first time he's ever had an automatic pistol, when he gets nervous, when Floyd says, and gets shook because Floyd says, I ain't going, if that, who knows, if that, if he tried to pull his gun out and it went off, that's all it would have taken. No one would have stopped to have said, hmm, I wonder who fired that shot. I hope it wasn't at me. No, 
that that would be combustion at its worst. And you know, I hope that <laughs> I hope that that's not what ultimately caused all of this. In a sense, I, I think that would just be a, that would make the tragedy even worse. The sheriff was probably the first one killed. Uh, the sheriff was shot, and he he fell over backwards with a toothpick still in his mouth, and fired twice into the ceiling, and he expired. Then. Uh, the judge, he was shot underneath the right arm, most likely by Sidney Allen, who was shooting at the clerk of court, who was standing on that side of the judge. And Sidney himself maintained that he was not a very good pistol shot, and he was using a short-barreled 38 weapon, which had no accuracy anyway. And then the prosecutor, the prosecutor had two guns that day, and he was walking up the aisleway near the wall there, and he was shot five times. And the last time he was shot, he turned and walked into this room in this corner and fell dead on the wood pile. Of course, the, the romantic stories told how his, they ran and got his wife and brought her here and, and he told her he loved her with his last breath, but he died long before they ever got out of the building to get her. Augustus Fowler was in the jury and he uh, jumped up to run and he caught a bullet in, in the right side of the head and he never regained consciousness. Most likely he was shot by, by Claude Allen by probably jumping up into the line of fire. And they put him in the hotel next door and he died on Saturday morning. Uh, an 18-year-old girl who had been a witness of uh, Floyd beating the deputy, she was on her way to Sidney's store to buy some thread that day and she saw the, you know, the confrontation in front of Sidney's store. She was here that day with her sister-in-law and uh, they were sitting on that side of the room and when they jumped up to run some men ran over top of them and as she was getting up she was shot in the back and the bullet went in just above her belt line just right of her spine and since she was bent over the bullet came up just under the skin above her right breast and uh, she went home and died the next morning and uh, the she went out on the lawn uh, and said uh, she was sick and the doctor came in to attend to the wounded and he saw that she was sick and he says, are you hurt or mashed in any way? And her sister-in-law didn't know she was shot. She says, no, she's just scared. And legend says that she says, no, I'm killed. But she went home in the wagon with her father and her brother and died the next morning. During the shootout, uh, Floyd had been shot twice and then he pulled his pistol and emptied it. We know. Sedna emptied his pistol once and reloaded. Claude Allen uh, emptied his pistol and then all the Allens went out the door on the north side of the building and down the steps. Uh, Floyd, even though he was shot twice, he was shot once in the pelvis on the right side and once in the, uh, in the thigh. Uh, he leaped over the railing, which was about three and a half feet high, and went down the steps. And as he, as he left, he grabbed the pistol from his nephew, Sidney Edwards, who had not fired a shot that day. Now his brother uh, was standing in the back of the room and he did, he, he emptied his automatic revolver, uh, probably killed the sheriff, we figure. Uh, Floyd took this pistol and went down to the street and was shooting at some members of the jury as they ran down the road. Sidney Allen was the last one to leave the room and he went down these steps. Uh, Dexter Goad, the clerk of court, uh, who had been shot in the face. The bullet had gone in his right cheek and came out the back of his neck, missed all the important parts, knocked his collar button off. He uh, emptied 
his two pistols that he had, and he grabbed a pistol from Peter Easter, who had been the temporary deputy who had gone down to arrest the Edwards boys, and he went out to the top of the steps on the south side, and he and, and uh, Sidna Allen exchanged shots. Uh, Sidna was wounded once in the left arm. It went in the back of his arm and went into his, uh, just below his left ribs, and the bullet was never removed. He died with the bullet still in his body. Uh, and then uh, Sidna got away, and at that point, Dexter turned his uh, fire on Floyd, who was standing in the street, and shot at him twice. Uh, first time he missed him, the second time he hit him in the right knee, which shattered his knee, and that ended the gunfight. Except for Floyd fired two shots back at Dexter, and you still see the bullet holes in the 8th and the 13th step, on the steps that come up the south side. And uh, so the Allens uh, went, uh, got on their horses. Most of them left town except Floyd. He was in too much pain to ride. And so they, they laid him in Blankenship's feed stable for a while. And uh, his son, uh, Victor, who was not armed that day, he stayed with him. Uh, and, and fairly soon, a fellow named Tom Hall, who owned a hotel uh, just down the street, he came and said to move Floyd into one of his rooms uh, out of the cold. And so they did, and he spent the night there with his son Victor. That evening, people came in with pocket knives and dug those bullets out and kept them for souvenirs. So, wow. and no autopsies were done on any of the any of the victims, so they don't know what caliber bullet killed anybody. So, in essence, there was no proof that any of the Allens killed anybody. In fact, we know that the sheriff was shot from behind at least one of the times, and the only people behind him were five deputies over in that corner uh, and the clerk of court, Dexter Goad. And the sheriff, unfortunately, was right between uh, all the rest of the Allens. You know, Floyd, Judge Bowen said Floyd never even fired a shot until he was on the floor and had been already been shot, which makes the only case they could have against Floyd is that, that he conspired with his family to shoot up the courthouse if they convicted him. Yeah. And their evidence for that was, and Floyd did that to himself, he's got a big mouth and a hot temper and he's going around the community saying, I'll tell you one thing, if they convict me, I'm going to shoot a big hole in that courthouse. Well, that's pretty good evidence when you get ready to get tried for conspiracy. Yeah. So in that regard, in that regard, a jury could find you guilty. I guess that, and I, I'll back up a little bit on what I said earlier. Yeah. I think, I think there, was, there was evidence that was sufficient to find him guilty. There was also a lot of evidence that, uh, that, that, wasn't, that it wasn't a conspiracy. But, you know, that's ultimately for a jury to decide, I guess. I guess things were not quite so technical in 1912. Uh, I think by today's uh, rules of evidence, they would have had a hard time finding them guilty of first-degree murder. But they did. Floyd and his son were both convicted of first-degree murder. And only a year after the courthouse shootout, Floyd Allen was executed on March the 28th, 1913. His son, Claude, executed just minutes later. The bodies of, of Claude and, uh, and uh, Floyd Allen were brought back here uh, to the old home place here in Cana, Virginia. Frank Levering showed us the gravesite. It was estimated that about uh, 5,000 people came to the home and viewed the bodies. Even after his death, Floyd Allen would continue to proclaim his innocence. His original tombstone 
made one last jab at his enemies. Which said that they had been judicially murdered by the state of Virginia. But the inscription was eventually changed as a condition for the pardon of Floyd's brother, Sidna. But that never stopped the controversy. This is a great story about uh, some, some men that thought that they were doing uh, the right thing. Maybe it wasn't, but they thought they were doing the right thing uh, and how they had to battle through. And it's the stories, the clash, the conflict uh, with each other that we have had as humans sometimes. That's the voice of Mark Harmon, a local historian and history teacher who grew up in Carroll County. He says, looking back at what happened during the shootout, it's important to try and see it through the eyes of everyone involved. To look at all sides, to look at all sides, be understanding, uh, but to look at uh, you know, what the Allens thought, uh, what the court officials thought, you know, what was going through Dexter Goad's mind, um, what was Claude Allen thinking uh, when he saw his father being fired upon, what was Sidney Allen thinking when he saw his brother fired upon, and he saw Dexter Goad across there and a judge between them. Um, try to look at every, everyone's point of view and try and come up with uh, the best you can come up with with the glimpses that we have today. But many of those points of view have been frozen in time and passed down from generation to generation. And even after over a hundred years, you'll still find the wounds left behind after the shootout. I can assure you that, that there uh, are still deep scars in the descendants of these families that they haven't forgotten it. Uh, it's not talked about as much, but it's still there. There's an emotion there that, that if you want to go scratch on that scar, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get some emotion back from it. We'll talk about that in our next episode. If you want to see more on the Carroll County Courthouse Shootout, check out our website, myfox8.com. There you'll find interviews and images of the people involved. If you like this podcast, give it a five-star rating. It'll help get the word out. 57 shots in 90 seconds. The Carroll County Courthouse Shootout. Co-written and narrated by yours truly, Chad Tucker. Co-written and edited by David Weatherly. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. <laughs>